everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. Nations, its government, industries, organizations and academia, in short referred to as NGIOA, are exploring blockchain to redesign numerous processes and systems. Creative content collaboration is one of the system that is also being redefined and redesigned. So why are nations exploring alternative system for creative content collaboration and why blockchain? While there are digital rights management systems available for enterprises to combat piracy and protect sensitive documents, there is not much effective protection available for the common man, individual who wants freedom, safety and security for its creation, for their creation and in their collaboration to produce creative content irrespective of cyberspace, geospace or space, in short referred to as CGS. So with the advent of blockchain, this new wave of decentralization has begun giving back the promises of individual freedom, safety and security to all forms of collaborations. To discuss creative content collaboration using blockchain technology, I'm delighted to welcome James Drake to Risk Roundup. James is the founder and CEO of Embermind and is located in United States. Welcome, James. We are delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. No, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on, Jisri. Uh, I'm you know, really, really excited about today's conversation. Wonderful, James. Let us begin by discussing the current approach to creative content collaboration how are collaborations happening at all levels, irrespective of nation, local, national, and global? Well, right now, you know, content collaboration, whether you be an author or an artist or a musician in a band even, um, most everything right now is all contractually obligations, um, you know, usually run by uh, a written document that is, you know, managed by a lawyer in most cases and often in some cases it's usually handshake agreements or just you know having to trust somebody with you know uh, their ability to be able to do the work that they need that they're going to do uh, usually it's the payment that is being exchanged between the two individuals that really binds that 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 relationship together um, so currently right now it's really a mishmash of everything from my word against yours um, type of legal environment exchange uh, to just, you know, I promise to pay you X amount of dollars after you get done with a project or I'll pay you half now and half later, you know, really loose terms. Um, and unfortunately, it makes it somewhat difficult in the current environment for independent and uh, first time uh, entrance into uh, the collaborative environments because they don't understand the legal instruments that are involved with it. Yes, absolutely. That's where the challenge is. And it's always the common man, the individual that loses in this, you know, battle between rights and rewards. And in a digital global age, content in all its form is increasingly viewed as both the commodity currency and also collateral. The yes. advances in information, communication and digitization technologies has brought nations immediate global communication. So we have a lot that we can work with to improve these and this speed and ease of instant global communication has brought everyone a capacity for infinite reproduction of the content in a matter of just few minutes. 
and right. so the result is it has become very easy to separate the digital creation in all its from from its creator i may create something i put i put it all, you know online and within a minutes it is gone all across i mean nations it, it goes viral and somebody could uh, use it as its own creation and there is no way to protect that so can blockchain change that meaning separation of digital content creation from its creator can we prevent that you know that's the that's actually in my opinion and the whole reason why we founded embermind is the whole idea that that blockchain can solve a lot of these problems and not only solve them but really truly make digitization a tool for the artist on the creative uh content that they put out there um by making it so that the separation between what the digital content has and the ability to be able to control it doesn't have to be you know uh, lost anymore for example we can enable smart contracts you know the digital contracts that um, you know uh, essentially allow two individuals to set a, a series of um, conditions that must be met for you know any collaboration put it together into a smart contract lock it to the blockchain, and then tie it to the incoming revenue on any digital stream. By being able to do that, they remove all the friction because one of the biggest problems and the whole reason why you have contracts is A, for digital rights management, and B, for payment. As long as those two things are managed by the blockchain and being managed by a smart contract, that friction is removed from the collaboration making it easier for me to work with, say, somebody else that has a talent or ability that makes our content better. Yes, so, that yes, that is true that it takes away the possibility of any mischief there. But we also need to create an ability to tag content, the digital content for the creators. So uh, with specific metadata meta so that any additional copyright information or any shareability does not lose that it is even in a, with the blockchain system because if it is not tagged properly if there is not a relevant metadata associated with that no copyright information no all those things are not there then even in blockchain system there is a room for you know mischief and you know there is a room for uh, misuse of that so that you know the original creators would end up uh, losing the rewards that they were they should be getting rightfully so uh, this how would blockchain be able to change the content creation and collaboration from that perspective right well and that's that's another reason why at embermind one of the things that we're doing is is doing a full life cycle process within the environment which means the collaboration and the content starts it's it's even it's very basic elements of how you're starting to put it together and develop that that content is done right within the environment so you can have the origin source of any particular material be very specifically delineated to a particular place time and person so if I create this content, uh, say I write an article or a paper um, uh, about a particular subject, let's say blockchain, for example, and you put it out there, you instantly are the source of that information. And it's tagged to you at a very specific point in time. Plus, with the encryption that we're able to do 
inside the blockchain to be able to ensure that that content is always hashed to its original source. You can maintain that copyright very, very easy that way. In fact, the digital rights management becomes a almost uh, a non-issue altogether because the content itself is wrapped in you know, essentially a certification saying that this author created it or this particular artist created it. By having that very beginning and end point all the way through the life cycle of a product, you're able to maintain copyright very easy on that. And by extrapolating it out to the digital world and to any other locations or markets that you want to choose, having it always wrapped in that shell helps protect it. Now, as far as you know, doing anything like copying, straight up copying information or not sourcing information properly, you know, because it lives in a digital form, you can also provide access to it very easily with the blockchain saying like certain sources or certain trusted sources can check it to validate it against other information that's being presented out there. So you can do that fairly quickly. If you have a central repository for it to be searched and checked and double checked, you can ensure validity and that other people aren't copying your work and uh, uh, without giving you any credit for it. Sure, no, that, that, is, that is really welcoming. But the challenge with these articles or you know written information is that uh, that all those that you mentioned that can be prevented that you know if someone copies that uh, then you know we will be able to know that where the original article or who the original author of the article is but the challenge is with the ideas if there are some ideas put into the you know paper or put into any other format in audio video any other format then if those ideas are stolen there is no way to track that, that who is stealing the ideas. We don't have the capability. Even now that, you know, even in the digital, uh, apart from digital, uh, you know, space, even in the geospace, we don't have the ability to track the ideas that who was the original uh, creator of the idea, who created the way that, okay, this is the way we can create a platform or we can create a new system or we can create a new technology. There's absolutely no way to do that. And in the digital global age, it is the ideas, innovations, and the technology that develops based on that. That is where the big you know, challenge is because there are all these brilliant minds all across nations. They, have, they all have intelligence. They all have ideas. They all come up with ideas. But if you see most of them, their ideas don't result into successful entities or anything. But we do see successful enterprises coming, you know, based on similar ideas. But they, those uh, people, those individuals that had those ideas, they are not part of that. Those ideas are stolen. And there is no way to prove that that idea originated somewhere else. So will it be possible to come up with a solution based on the blockchain to be able to prevent such you know, scenarios? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. I think that a lot of the research is going on right now with blockchain and how it, you know, it starts with the idea of protecting privacy, protecting the individual and protecting that individual um, while allowing that individual to still have access to whatever is needed. You know, the idea of privacy being that, you know, it isn't necessarily hiding it's revealing yourself on your own terms. 
And when you're talking about content and ideas and, and thoughts, those are adi additional, uh, I guess, kind of uh, replications of yourself, the, the, your ideas and your business contacts and all these things that have to be protected, I think can be protected by the blockchain. And I think it starts with being able to be able to source everything to yourself easily that and protect it as yours, whether it's your identity or it's your content or it's your um, uh, your 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 privacy, your, you know, your likes, your dislikes, those kind of things. We're in a really interesting space right now where protecting uh, digital content is both at the same time easier and harder. It, it's easier because it's a lot easier to find everything on the network now, where it's located at and where it's at. But it's harder now because it's so easy. Like you were saying before, you could post something up right now and five minutes from now, it's got 10,000 copies on it. And when you're talking about the blockchain, the very idea of a, a decentralized network means all information lives everywhere. So how do you ultimately protect it when it's everywhere, when it literally can be everywhere? And ultimately, like I said, it, it's going to be about creating the proper best practices on, on how we protect these things from the beginning. It starts with making it very, very easy, for example, to include somebody's idea into a project without having to steal it for, you know, to use it, uh, you know, or whatever. If you see an idea, it's easy to collaborate. It's easy to share. By starting there, you remove a lot of the friction from the relationship that requires legal boundaries to begin with. Yes, yes, very true. So like you said, I mean, as we have been talking that uh, an idea or a picture or an image or a video, it, it goes viral within you know, uh, minutes and millions of people see it or hear it, uh, listen to it or watch it. However, the creator of the work they never receive proper credit or even proper financial reward. I mean, we see on Facebook how many amazing videos are, you know, going on on YouTube and how many beautiful pictures we see, how many good poems are there uh, that, you know, are, and how many good uh, paintings, pictures that we see that artists have drawn. So how to enable a more efficient and frictionless use of content where creators are rewarded appropriately, how do we build a reward system in all these, you know, social media? This is apart from, and then we can, of course, you know, build that into blockchain-based systems that you, innovators like you are developing. How do we develop a system where there is some sort of reward, not just, you know, giving credit that, yes, this person has, you know, was the original creator of this idea or picture or uh, image, but to actually reward them financially. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the examples that we're working on right now and creating within Embermine is it all starts with the whole idea. In order for people to start getting credit for whether it be financial credit or it be you know you know true like uh, artistic credit uh, on any item, it starts with the idea of changing the the way we work with things, and and I think that one of the big changes with blockchain and and uh, smart contracts and, and and everything that's happening within the the decentralized world that we're getting into now is you're going to start seeing these new technologies come up that give credit 
to people doing certain tasks. For example, in Embermind, we're creating a social network environment uh, that surrounds our authors and creators that are involved in our product that allows users to be able to not only buy content, but also interact directly with the creators. Now, in this environment, what we have is, an, uh, is a, we have obviously the dollars that you would spend, the cryptocurrency you'd spend inside the environment to buy your products, exchange various smart contracts and whatnot. But we also have an idea called heat. And the idea of heat is a unit of measure, as it sounds, of heat and interacting with other individuals and crediting other individuals for the ideas that they have increases their heat. The more heat they get, the more visible on the social network that they are. And they can monetize that. And that can be something that is part of how they promote themselves. So a blogger or a reviewer that tends to get a lot of views and a lot of people interested in their ideas, they can, those, those individuals that consume that material can then pass on some of this heat onto that individual, helping raise their profile and in turn, sell more products, sell more uh, ideas, sell more advertising, what have you in that environment. That's very interesting. I, I like that idea. So it, because I think uh, if you look at it, the creators are spending most of their time <laughs> producing creations that don't generate any revenue for them. I, so many different things are on YouTube, on Facebook, so much creation and creativity is there. But in most cases, the creations are not making any money. And even if they are making money, it is just not reaching to the original creator. It just gets lost in the translation with the middleman. They make all the money. I mean, we see that in Geospace also, beautiful songs are created, beautiful songs are written. And on based on that, albums are released. But uh, who wrote the song, they don't probably, you know, sometimes uh, make a single penny on that. So it's just the middleman, you know, they takes away all the money. And by the time uh, it goes to them, they have pretty much nothing left. So will that those kind of scenarios be avoided on the system that you are developing? Yes, uh, Embermine is built directly around the fact that every contributor into a project gets paid automatically each time a transaction is done on that product. So for example, and I'll just use the writing example because that's the field I'm from, um, is I would, if I was a writer and I wanted to have, a, for example, an artist do a cover art for it and an editor do editing for that particular book, I can create a smart contract with each of those individuals. So I could give the illustrator 10% of every sale and I could include even a small upfront fee. So I could say, you know, I'll give you $10 or $100 or $500, whatever. I can give you that in exchange also an additional 10% of all the sales. And I have that in a smart contract. And when the contract is agreed upon, it's, it's now part of the environment. It's part of, uh, part of the, the project itself. Now, when the editor's finished, they get their 10%. Now, when the product goes out there, if I sell for $10, as soon as that transaction goes through, the illustrator gets a dollar and the editor gets a dollar. And that happens forever. For as long as the product is out on the environment, that's how it will work. 
if, for example, you want to sell on Amazon or some other site, we're creating payment gateways that are part of the environment that will essentially park themselves between that, that retail environment or that paywall and take that money and then run it through the smart contracts and then apportion the money to each of the individuals appropriately. That is good because so irrespective of let's say if it's a book, irrespective of whether it's a first edition or second edition, if there are some revision made, second edition comes out, then those original contracts will still remain intact. It will not be taken over or it will not be disregarded, right? Right, correct. And, and the whole idea of editions is actually going to change a lot, I believe, in the new world and in, in, in the digital world that we live in, having instantaneous updates to products because we're going to be always connected to our items. For example, in a book, if there's edits or changes that need to happen after the book is released, they can be edited like that. Um, you will keep track, you maybe even be able to keep track of all the versions of the of a particular item as it's lived and breathed through its entire life cycle. So you can have many, many revisions because it's on the blockchain, you'll have those revisions and be able at any point in time, be able to go back and see exactly what was taken out of the text. Or it could, you know, as, as soon as the revision is made, all the people who have purchased those, that, those books, they automatically get those revisions yes. without having to buy a new copy, which is like a problem in the geospace because once you buy a textbook and, you know, in the next year, if you, if you look at all the college students, they spend so much money on textbooks. They buy first edition and then the professor says, no, this is not the edition we want. We want second edition. So now they have to go and buy another you know, book, which costs probably a couple of hundred dollars. So those kind of scenarios would be prevented. And uh, that would be very, you know, welcoming for everyone across nations. So I think that's a good development. So it seems like the role of middlemen is just diminishing as blockchain is taking over. And uh, those uh, different scenarios where they were just uh, in the name of, you know, releasing more and more editions and more and more, you know, different formats, people, the publishers were just making outrageous amount of money uh, that is taken away. And the it benefits the public. So one of the most important features of blockchain is that it allows for individuals across nations to interact, deal or transact directly with one another without going through the middleman. Yeah. And that I think is very important for collaborations, for creativity, for innovations. So what impact do you see on collaborative projects? I mean, it's not like the collaborations is not happening currently. It is happening within enterprise, outside enterprise, between, you know, uh, different businesses or in between, you know, within NGIO, there are like nations, government, industries, organizations, academia, across our geographical boundaries, all kinds of, you know, collaborations are there. But yeah. there are different kind of collaboration potential that the, the blockchain, you know, brings to us. So what, what what impact do you see because of those collaborative projects? Well, you know, that's that's one of the really exciting things about blockchain and about, um, you know, the ever shrinking world that we have here is the collisions between different cultures and the collisions between people of different uh, of different backgrounds and, and, and social structures and everything. This collision of ideas is a huge thing for for blockchain. And, you know, the idea is, is that by making frictionless, trustless contract 
possible. I mean, I don't have to know anything necessarily about who you are to work with you. I don't need to know anything about how old you are or how young you are or how much money you have or what country you're from or what your religion is. I don't need to know any of that about you at all in order for me to be able to enter into a contract with you. And I think what this does is it opens up the idea that we all can collaborate and we all have something to share regardless of where we're from or who we are, you know, what our upbringing is or how old we are, that our experiences in life are what matter. And that's the things that create the opportunity for all this beautiful creation that's happened. If you look at all the moments in time where creation in the art space has been at a hyper level, some of the fascinating, most well-known artists of all time come from these very specific periods in time. You always see it at the same time with an influx of technology. Yes. When technology is changing the world. And yes. we see that right now. Yes, it is absolutely changing the world and uh, organizations like yours are at the forefront. But see, my concern is that the collaborative projects are not going to be limited to writing books or, you know, drawing pictures or creating songs. The collaborations is going to go much further. It will enter into very sensitive areas like developing vaccines or creating some kind of um, uh, uh, treatment for some disease, like coming up with uh, some pharmaceutical component or coming up with some, you know, uh, new nuclear technology or anything this you name it i mean new ai based technology now all of these have dual use all these can have a good you know creation that could benefit the humanity or it would come with you know a very serious risk like we don't know like you said that we don't know who we are dealing with on if we are using blockchain we won't need to know who is at the end what who is that person or what is his background so you could end up you know working with a terrorist we would not know that we are working with a terrorist because you know we have entered into a smart contract that does not define any of that so right. we could we could pretty much end up working for a terrorist and we would have no idea that what project, the small component of a collaborative project that we have decided that we could do because we are really good at that, either technology or anything, you know, that is being asked to do, you know, uh, to program something or come up with some kind of uh, collaborative effort. We have no idea because we look into the pieces and that piece look, you know, very innocent that, okay, what we are asked to do is pretty innocent, you know, so maybe they are doing something, but we don't know where that piece is going to go and fit and what it's going to create. So what if it creates some kind of a um, cyber secure uh, warfare weapon or what if it creates some kind of you know, nuclear weapon that code or what if that code ends up creating a whole new species of organism because we are entering into a world of synthetic biology now where you know even computer scientists who are really good at it they would be able to write a code of the entire genome if they want to, or they can take bits and pieces of genes from different places and you know, write the code about the other pieces and create a whole new organism. We won't know sitting here that blockchain, the other parties that we are dealing with, what we are writing for them is going to end up you know, creating a cyber warfare weapon or a terrorist who is going to use it for some nuclear technology or whether you know some uh, organism or species is created a virus or a bacteria that is going to wipe out uh, entire communities or nations so 
we uh, these are some really serious serious you know critical risks that we see emerging because of this capability of collaboration because collaboration is not going to just uh, end up being you know collaboration of uh, writing a book or you know something as simple as that how would we effectively prevent all that well you know and that's the that's going to be the the conundrum of human society as we become closer connected and and we have more capability in the hands of the common people when you have that access you, you always are going to have the conundrum of what are people going to create with it you know now that you have this access to anybody you know then anybody could create anything and in and and that has as you indicated some potential you know dark connotations the question always comes down to identity. What, how do we how do we preserve identity on 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 the blockchain in an increasingly digitized society? How do you know identity of somebody and reputation of someone who is online? How do you verify that without violating privacy? Without really creating the you know the very walls that are going to create the problems for you in the future? So how do you how do you avoid that? Well, what we do is is through the consistency of collaboration within the environment because of consistency of knowledge of who you are in a particular framework of entering into this digital world, you create a a a, a personal private identity that's your user that's uniquely you tied to a uniquely you person in the outside world. And then when you're working in this environment, that is always you. You will have avatars, if you will, or other entities that would represent you, a legal entity, for example, uh, in one particular business sense, or maybe a creative entity in another, uh, say like a, if you use a, um, a stage name or something like that as a, as a singer, you have that entity as well. But they all link to this one central you that is unique to the entire universe. If as long as you create that and you have that identity, you create a certain reputation in the world. In Embermind, what we do is we use that heat, that that rating to help buoy you up and prove that you are somebody of worth that you are going to be working with. So the more collaboration that you've done, the more connected that you are within the environment, the more trusted of an individual you are in both quality and certainty that you're going to do the things that you say you're going to do, kind of, you know, uh, wearing your honor. And and that becomes a thing where that's going to start being in the digital world, how we start gauging people. We're already doing it, but we're doing it by cult of personality in the outside world. But in the inside world, you see these in these very tight groups of individuals doing very specific things. Individuals stand out. So this digital, it's a good point that you're making. So the digital identity that is being will be created for everyone on in these blockchain uh, systems will not be changeable. People cannot uh, just change their identity. Today they are this, and then they can also create parallel identities. Would that be possible? 
Now, the way that this works, it wouldn't it would prevent that because the unique identifiers in the you know there's lots of technology that's being built around this space right now, and it, and and this is how we see it. We see it as being something where you have a set of identifiers that identify you as you to the world, uh, whether it be a government ID or a social security number, something like that. Um, and then you have the unique identifiers that are only you, and that's like your DNA or something like that. There would be obviously a combination of possibilities or a fingerprint, for example. There'd be these combinations of biometric access and, and, and what I call governmental access to who you are that combines together to create your digital unique you. That means that anybody could have my social security number, but they couldn't do anything with it because they're not me. They may have that number, but because I've already registered it and it's me, and that number can only be used once in there, they could have all the information in the world about me and they can't do anything because they don't have the one thing that I have and that's me. And that's my digital ID, my own personal ID, that's me. And only I can use it. Now protecting that is the key. Once we do that, then you have this thing where you have confirmed identity. There's no way somebody can be you or pretend to be you. In yes, the digital I, world, you can guarantee that in the blockchain. Yes, absolutely. And I think with the advances that are happening, even in the neuroscience, like I had a dialogue with Dr. Farwell, who is, uh, you know, working on brain waves and uh, brain fingerprinting. So that each each individual has different brain waves, and the, we all have a different, you know, fingerprint in the brain, like we say. So. If uh, if we are able to use that kind of technology for biometrics, and anytime you know someone logs into a computer or someone gets online or gets on a system that is based on blockchain, then we would know that is the same person. So we would be able to track that, you know, based on the biometrics. And you know, maybe in the coming years, as soon as a child is born, that child would have a you know digital identity. And as the child, you know, grows older and uh, does anything, you know, so it, that identity will stay with that, just like social security number. So, uh, yeah, with those advances, we would be able to prevent a lot of, you know, those con uh, challenges, complex challenges, security challenges that could be coming our way. And uh, that would be uh, very welcoming. And we do need to make advances there. But irrespective of, uh, you know, any collaborations or collaborators, like two authors working together, or musicians working together, there is always a room for conflicts that is going to happen. And those conflicts always drill down to the rights, responsibilities, and rewards. Because, you know, there is always uh, human nature is human nature. Everyone, uh, you know, not everyone, but there are a lot of people who tries to take advantage of, you know, other people working on the project. So uh, these blockchain technology-based system that you are developing, the creative uh, content collaboration system, that would be able to prevent such disputes, right? Because, you know, nobody would be able to take away the rights once they are defined through smart contracts or the responsibilities that is defined through smart contracts or the rewards that is coming. Yeah. And, and that's that's the big thing about the smart contracts is that they remove moral danger from just about any contract that's associated with it, at least when it comes down to the idea of transfer of value or, you know, that I'm giving you your rights. Um, one of the other uh, security structures that we're developing in Embermind is the idea of what's called a project compact. And what the project compact is, is we're going to create a... Um, 
the ability to create all the smart contracts that are bound to one project and be able to compile it into one contract that is called the project compact. The idea is, is that that project compact cannot be, is then registered to the blockchain and cannot be changed without a majority vote of all the stakeholders of that particular project. So for example, if I'm working with four or five other individuals, we all have to collectively vote on whether that project compact is going to change. Meaning like if, for example, um, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the other co-authors uh, of a particular song is involved and anything changes to that song and the rights management or uh, share of royalties or anything like that, it has to be voted and approved and announced to all members before it changes. Yes. And what that does is that allows then everybody to have a voice, no matter how big or how small, into the changes that happen with the project as it goes on through its life cycle. That is so welcoming, so welcoming. Now, there are some that may say that centralized client-server systems are preferable for collaborative projects within, let's say, an enterprise. I mean, because a lot of you know, enterprises in local environments, uh, they like the you know that kind of uh, systems to work with. But let's say if those enterprises try, decide to go on blockchain and try to collaborate with you know peoples, individuals, or groups of people um, across nations for their collaborative efforts, then should it matter whether a collaborative project is local or global? And uh, would that change like what kind of system that they need to use if uh, enterprise is using a client server system? Should it matter that, you know, how would they patch up with the blockchain based system? And how would this whole integration happen? And would should the geographical uh, location decide which technology pro platform would be ideal for this kind of, you know, creative content collaboration? You know, that, that, that's an interesting uh, point because, you know, a lot of people, that's the standard of what we're using right now. I think that what we'll end up being seeing now is that the decentralization that, you know, not the decentralization is going to be more of the mass of technology is going to be decentralized as far as information shares and everything like that. But they'll be connected by small, little, dense, centralized nodes. You know, there could be a situation where you would have artists who want to collaborate really locally together, um, want to keep all of their information just in that one tight locality until they put it out to the world. But I think what we're going to be seeing is with the change in how the content is being consumed, how it's being metered for access and how it's being delivered to the end user, the decentralization is going to be the primary way in which they're going to be able to get all that done. In order to be able to have a global environment where access is available to lots of individuals without essentially using so much computing power, it's going to, you know, tear all the you know, ozone layer out of the sky, <laughs> denude the forest. You know, we, we, we don't have uh, infinite resources. So we're going to have to make the best of the individual resources that we have in front of us as we get larger. And I think that the, that decentralization is just a matter of time. Um, it's just the client server networks that exist right now, they're very centralized, will still exist in a much smaller form, probably just within a local office or local space. But outside, it will always operate in the cloud. Yes, yeah, let's hope so. Now, this um, 
whenever, whenever, whenever there is a collaborative project or effort going on for creative content, there are a lot of people working on that. A lot of individual contributions would go in that. And all those individual contributions that is part of a larger collaborative, you know, uh, creative content uh, project, that would need to be identifiable. That would need to be traceable and taggable so that when someone, uh, you know, let's say somebody, uh, a book is being written like that and uh, there are a lot of individual collaborators for that book and that uh, when someone is reading the book, they like certain portion of it, they should be able to identify who that uh, author of that portion was because they want to take that piece and they want to build on that. They want to do something else with that. So do we currently have that capability to identify individual content from collective content? Well, right now, at this exact moment, we don't, but that's one of the exciting things that we're gonna be building into the Embermind environment as well, is the idea of a workspace, a collaborative workspace that is connected to the project that has all the smart contracts and everything on it and all of these unique digital identities that are working on this project can open items up inside of this collaborative space and work on it together. And then, it, you know, if you're doing that, if you have everything worked on in a central location, even though it's decentralized, even though the information itself is centralized, but the effort is focused in a centralized location. Yeah. What can happen is if, if, if I write, let's say I could be writing in a Word document at one point and somebody else could be writing or editing up higher and it's at that point in time denoting that that individual worked on and did that piece of, that piece of the work you can actually make it very, very easy because it's all digital. So this, you know, essentially can, you know, digitally highlight that item as saying that this individual touched on and or worked on this piece. Um, using the writer analogy again, so you could create, for example, an anthology of many, many different authors, all writing small stories, short stories and inserting them into one project in each part that has been written by that individual, even though it be one piece when delivered to the client or the customer, it would be, um, it would be very specifically noted that those stories are that individual. So you could even pay somebody based on how often their content was read yes. by the user. Yes, yes, no, that's very true, very true now. Um, with this ability that we will achieve because of the blockchain-based system that you innovators like you are developing, that we'll be able to securely identify, record, and track each contributor, hopefully, you know, in near future, uh, and a particular creative work creation and developments. So it seems that we can imagine many platforms that could be built and that might enable all kinds of collaborations we have not even dreamed yet. Let's say, you know, for example, our mission is global peace through risk management. Yes. Now, it is, if you look at it right now, it's very difficult to achieve that with the current, you know, systems that we have in place. But if we have uh, certain systems in place that are based, created, you know, ba based on bla blockchain platform, and then we have some AI, you know, integrated into that, and we have, um, nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, all, and individuals, all the components of a nation, if they are all integrated into that, if we create a whole new set of system 
risk management system and also the insurance is tied to that in compliance is tied to that so if we define that okay all the independent risks that any corporation or any enter enterprise is able to manage on its own they should not be able to get uh, uh, insurance or they cannot be able they should not be able to purchase insurance policy they have to manage those risks themselves and we if we have an ability to track that that whether those enterprises they are managing their independent risk effectively and the ones that are not being managed the ones that have interdependencies that needs that we need to provide uh, ability to purchase insurance because it's not within any enterprise's power or capability to manage those risks so for that we should have you know uh, capability to purchase insurance so if we are able to connect all these dots connect all these different uh, integration points that needs to be part of a global fabric of you know risk management system then it is possible to you know achieve global peace doing risk management through risk management because security risk management security and peace they all go hand in hand so we the problems like that we would be able to solve if we have effective systems that you know innovators like you are building because we it is possible it would be possible to do that so do you think that we'll see entirely new collaborations for solving really complex big challenges that the world faces because of you know all these advances that are happening yes i i believe so i i think that you know the obviously you hit it right on the head the idea that you know eliminating risk in any kind of relationship i don't you know, whether it's a business relationship or a creative collaboration relationship, or even between two countries that, uh, you know, when you, you know, you're talking about trade or, or, uh, uh, you know, governmental support or anything like that, or even down even to the basic idea of voting in a democracy, all of these things, being able to, you know, justify uh, creating these contracts with the, each other, they're digitized and, you know, run automatically that you know i don't necessarily have to trust you to make the decisions that affect me when we're working together i can just say you know yes we'll work together on this and the biggest problem money most of the time in these cases are solved when we're talking about the bigger collaborations on you know medical collaboration or uh you know governmental collaboration or peace collaboration or you know environmental collaboration any of these big challenges that the you know that the world uh is going to be faced with over the next couple of years can all benefit from this technology on the basic idea of you know for sure that when I vote a certain way or I say something a certain way, you know it was me that said it and I mean it. And, you know, and when we're going to enter into an arrangement of exchanging certain assets, you can trust it 100% because it's not going to be in my control or your control. It's going to be in the system's control. And the system itself, it will run exactly as it's taught to run. So, you know. The key is, is that right now we're establishing these technologies and how they interact with people. So right now we're establishing, you know, either the, the way to do it the right way or somehow later on that's going to be the things that people are going to learn from and how to do it better. 
So everything, every step we take right now is important to ensuring that reduce, reduction of risk is taken seriously. It starts with you know identifying privacy issues, identifying uh, collaboration issues and contract issues and monetary issues, and bringing it all together into smart contracts in the blockchain. Remove the friction from there and we can work on everything else. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that is what we need because I think uh, with the systems uh, like yours that are being developed, the blockchain-based systems, it will bring back the trust and transparency by eliminating the need for trusted third parties and intermediaries. And if we just talk about, you know, risk management, like uh, there is absolutely no way to know what risk, you know, organizations or enterprises are just transferring and buying, purchasing insurance, because then they don't have to worry about that and they are not financially at loss. But then that risk keeps getting bigger and bigger. And in the end, everyone has to pay for it. So with this kind of system, we would be effectively able to see transparently whether the risks are being managed or not, and irrespective of the industry. And that would bring back the trust it, that is you know, not present right now. All the global systems from financial system to you know, any other system that we see, yep. the, the trust is not there. People are not, common man is not trusting the system because they all know that in, they all feel that it is being manipulated. That's why we see the results, that we see the results in elections in you know, everywhere there is the lack of trust and this kind of systems the new systems that are being built that will bring trust and transparency and uh, that is probably very welcoming right yes that's and that's it it's trust and transparency it's by being able to create environments that people not only it, you know right now so much of what happens in in in, in the computerized society happens outside of our site we don't know how our tech, how our data is being shared. We don't know how our content's being shared. We don't know where it's going or where it is. You know, there's an element of that that you know, there's no transparency in our electronic transactions right now. Blockchain offers the capability of still creating that transparency. You know exactly the whole history of everything that's happened with something that you received, where you got it from, who is getting it next everything about the supply chain of products, everything about the supply chain of money and where it comes from is all very transparent or capable of being transparent. The key here is in order to be able to jump that gap and go into the blockchain space where this is capable is that we at the same time can also, in all that transparency, ensure privacy. Yes. yes. Ensure the fact that me is me and nothing about me can be used against me for me, you know, and that you know I'm me. As long as we can negotiate that, we're going to bridge a huge gap in, in, in trust that humans have had throughout the centuries. Yes. The sure way to peace is to be able to fundamentally answer the question, do I know you? Yes, that's very true, very true. We, this technology provides us a foundation on which we'll be able to build trust and we'll be able to collaborate, join hands across nations because human, humanity, if you see human nature, they all want peace, but there are power players that will not allow that because they benefit from that. So this kind of new systems that are being developed gives a lot of hope to many good people all across nations that they would be able to right many wrong and they would be able to uh, develop a, a new age 
where you know trust transparency credibility humanity will be able to you know flourish and innovations and collaborations and cooperations we will be in fact a really united global community to solve the bigger challenges that's coming our way from space age so there is a lot of hope and these you know there is a lot of uh, burden in fact on blockchain uh, innovators and creators and you know ai innovators and creators because these these kind of technologies are going to take us in the future and there is a lot of hope there but let's talk about you know some other aspects that there are many who say that given digital object uh, any you know object like a document or a certificate or a, even digital vote or digital identity or any digital creation that once it is there on the blockchain that it's the real thing and it will not be able to be manipulated do you think right. do you think forgery will be possible on blockchain well the interesting thing is that everything would have to happen before it got to the blockchain. I mean, you can still, you know, steal somebody's idea and try to pawn it off as your as your own. The idea is is that in in a world where ninety nine percent of everything is confirmed as good, the bad stuff really sticks out. So you know, if, if you're if if you're creating a forgery or if you're creating something like that, you would have to be doing it in such a way where, I mean, it's just it's almost it's almost unfathomable the the effort that would have to go into to create a forgery in a blockchain, because essentially what you would have to do then is you'd have to take over the blockchain, and if you own the blockchain, you don't have to create forgeries; you just do what you want to do. It's this. It's this is the this is the the scary thing about the future is that with all this digital technology and the blockchain making it so where items are uniquely identifiable as true. Yes. The consensus model of the blockchain is what decides what's true and what's false. Yes. Yes. Very so, true. So, the, so the so the so the the thing that we have to be careful about is how do we build our consensus models. Do one or two figures decide this consensus model? Does everybody decide? And if everyone decides, then there's then there can be truth found in the consensus, if, if, if as it were, true democracy as it is. Um, <clears throat> I believe that those systems are going to develop and create over time, and how they ultimately generate and, and form up is going to give more power to the individuals that have normally had no voice before. You know the individuals that are in oppressive regimes, and 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 so the efforts always got to be to connect those individuals outside of this, because the blockchain and the internet isn't owned by any government, isn't owned by any particular one entity. It's owned by us all. Is you know the effort to make sure that that's always free and open to everybody helps us make it so where. You know, we're not looking, you know, this isn't an idea of revolution. This is the idea of uniting everybody and creating everybody so that everybody has the same voice and everybody has the same opportunity to use that voice. Whether you're somebody who lives in the United States, like myself, who's absolutely had nothing but benefits heaped upon him, or to somebody who's living in some other country or some other place, or even in this country that doesn't have normal access to that. Making it free and accessible to them is probably the number one goal to us all in order to make sure we have that continued trust. 
and yeah. the, you know entities that would try to break it down, create forgeries or mockeries of of it in any way, shape, or form, they would be evident right away. Yes, very true, very true. Now, when when we define any, when we define or design any global system, I, we do need to prove whether it's going to be scalable and uh, whether the peer-to-peer -peer operation is going to you know work effectively, and that is all fundamental. So. When it comes to this blockchain system that you are developing, what is the status on scalability? Would it be scalable that uh, we would be able to, everyone across nations would be able to use that? Yes, and, and well, and see, a lot of the technologies developing around the blockchain right now is developing in how to speed up the number of transactions per second. And that's obviously any global environment that's going to be working. Um, scalability is probably the biggest issue because even the largest uh, you know, financial networks that exist right now you know, under certain types of load can have problems. So in order for this blockchain environment to work in a truly decentralized methodology, scalability has got to be the key. So how we develop that and how we're helping that is through the use of the project contacts. So for example, you could have multiple transactions that are happening in a line in a project compact. So we take all the smart contracts, we compile them into one line of code. It's, it, you can essentially group transactions that way. You can make it to where everything happens in a very defined time and space, making it very, very easy for the transactions to flow. Um, we're looking at, you know, right now we're fairly low. We're, you know, in the thousands of transactions per per second. But as the rest of the environment grows, you can create essentially side chains that would work off of each other and allowing the transfer of information to happen at a much faster rate. There's some um, some blockchain technology right now that's working that's able to do hundreds of thousands of transactions a second um, using uh, parallel chains to stored uh, private, <clears throat> sorry, private information stored in file systems that are accessed by the blockchain itself that are, you know, essentially registered stores of information and allow the transfer of data to happen using essentially a database structure we're not, we're familiar with right now, uh, but using the blockchain technology to essentially um, verify that data. So you can still use those technologies to, you know, to amass uh, scale in a transaction sense without having to burden a blockchain with having to process information to simply gather it. Yes, very true, very true. Now, as the technology transform and as you build this blockchain uh, system for the creative content collaboration, what are your concerns? Where do you see a need for more effort? Right now, the biggest area of effort, I believe, is in the distributed storage space. And I'm not just talking about cloud storage like you have with Dropbox or some other uh, cloud storage technologies, but truly decentralized storage um, where uh, I have redundancy, not because I'm connected to a central store through the internet, but that I have redundancy that even if I was right next to another computer that happened to be on that blockchain, I'd be able to get my data. You know, I could connect anywhere in the world with any number of machines and I'd be able to receive my data. Um, uh, I think that's probably the IPFS network uh, and technologies is probably the area I'm most concerned about because, and truly for Embermind to exist exactly how it wants to exist, 
both the storage of the data that exists around Embermind, like the content and the material that's going out to uh, customers uh, and that's being created by the collaborations, uh, but also the data that actually makes the system run, the transaction data and the blockchain itself, needs to be completely decentralized in how it's, how it's sourced and how it's stored and done so in a way where um, the collective environment that's being used um, uh, is actually the network is, you know, it doesn't matter how much of it is, is open or available as long as some of it is, it always lives. As long as one computer has the data, all the computers have the data. And that's, and that's a, that's a, that's a tough, tough job. I mean, there's a lot of work that's already been done with it with, you know, with various uh, torrent sites and stuff like that have explored this area. In fact, they were the beginnings of this kind of idea of, of a decentralized store. Um, uh, but we're learning lessons from that and uh, some really exciting things are happening right now which are enabling this technology to exist within the next year or so. That's really good. That's now let's talk about your organization very briefly and very quickly. I wanted to spend more time on that. I wanted to address many other topics like Internet of Things, how we integrate that and how we create a collaboration of things because that's where we are going and there is a lot of potential what kind of, you know, projects and what kind of information, the data we will gather from that and what is going to be possible. But we don't have that much time to cover all that in this uh, session. We'll probably do that in the coming months uh, and weeks and months. Uh, we'll definitely address that. But let's talk about your organization, Embermind. Uh, what are your goals and how are you planning to compete with the numerous silos, silo efforts that are going in parallel across nations? There are a lot of people, you know, create uh, working on creating this uh, creative content collaboration blockchain-based system, and all, everyone has a right to uh, to new ideas and to innovate and to create new systems. But the world needs one system. The world needs one effective system so that we all can, you know, make something really a lot of interesting projects, a lot of interesting collaborations. We can establish trust and transparency throughout, you know, across nations. How would we be able to do that? How would you able to, how would you be able to overcome those barriers to ensure that the Embermind technology is implemented across nations? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And, and it's actually the, it founded in the very DNA of what uh, Embermind is created on. It's created an idea of creating collaborations, regardless of what project you're working in or what environment you are ultimately wanting to put your product into, by using the collaboration tool for example, if I'm working with another individual and we're both working in Embermind, the idea is that Embermind itself has to be the, the source where the revenue comes through in order for that contract to work. So if I'm, you know, you know, if I have a smart contract with, um, with you, for example, and, you know, you want to be sure that you get paid, you want to make sure that you're using Embermind to sell the product and that, you know, that, or that at least that the payment gateway is channeling the funds through that. So you ensure that people are going to use it um, by the simple fact that the best way for them to be able to leverage it is to actually use the product. Um, we found that you know, with each individual that goes on to Embermine or that would be joining Embermine, they're going to bring anywhere between two to five people with them because those are the people they collaborate most often with. So I, I believe that 
in, in creating an environment that uses collaboration, it starts with the idea that the collaboration exists, therefore it's going to get used. And, and, and it sounds kind of circular logic, but the idea is that by creating the tools that make them more efficient and that remove that barrier of trust between the collaborations, it's going to be the way that they want to use it because that's how each entity ends up getting paid. By creating this incentive for using the project product, you, in, in, in essence, ensure that they make sure everybody uses it. This is how virality happens with Facebook. Facebook started off like that by saying, you know, hey, you know, I want to share my pictures with you. And then, you know, pretty soon this became how people shared pictures and their lives with each other. It's by using Facebook. Now what we're talking about is creating Embermind, the ability to share your creative life with somebody, being able to share your ideas with somebody. Because that is be the source where everybody has, whether it's Embermind or another project or, or something that's coming down the road. We are all going to tend to want to use one item to collaborate or centralize our effort in working with each other and making it easy. Whoever makes it the easiest is going to be the one that gets used. Yes. That's yes. All, all it's about. And making it word like if anybody can use it. You know, somebody, it doesn't matter if they're living in, in Asia or North America or South America or even, you know, potentially even, you know, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, in the, you know, in the wilderness, you know, it gets satellite technology involved there. Anybody be able to work, whoever provides the easiest system is going to be the one that's going to get adopted. Yes, yes, very true, very true. So what would you like to convey to our global viewers and listeners if they want to understand more about your efforts, uh, they want to, you know, get knowledgeable, be informed, where should they go? Where should they look at? What is your website address? Okay, uh, our website address is uh, www.embermine, that's E-M-B-E-R-M-I-N-E.com. Uh, you can find us also on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at EmberMindDrake. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at, at the EmberMind. Um, but you can find us uh, out there. Our website is uh, going to be uh, adding a lot of content over the next couple of months. We're running into our uh, ICO funding period coming up here in the next couple of weeks here. So we're really excited about that. And, um, you know, We'd love to answer any questions. Feel free to, you know, uh, email me uh, or information will be on the website if you need to reach out to us or message me on Twitter. Great. Wonderful. So uh, thank you, James, for participating in Risk Roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on creative content collaboration using blockchain technology. And our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from the information you provided on blockchain and how we can use it effectively to right many wrongs and to create collaborations and to create an environment of trust and legal legalities where nobody is abused, nobody's rights are taken away and nobody is taken advantage of. So that is going to be very welcoming to all of our global viewers and listeners. And uh, the system that you are developing that is being explored to bring meaningful changes to the global creative content infrastructure, products and processes. So based on the discussion that we had today, even if a single individual or entity can come up with an idea to innovate, 
join hands with either embermine or to uh, you know innovate on its own and then you know create a collaborative environment for uh, future advances in creative content collaboration and bring the much needed transformation to collaboration at all levels local national regional and global i think this risk round up dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that um, thank you Jitsubi, for your time uh, i really appreciate having the opportunity to, to speak to your listeners about this it's a very exciting time i can't wait to see what people do um, not just with embermind but with blockchain and and all of the technologies that are just emerging right now very true very true so do i and so uh, do so many you know law, people across nations they are counting on technologies uh, like blockchain artificial intelligence and they are all counting on ideas and innovation and entrepreneurs like you who can come up with you know really good idea to and try to make things simple try to make it more efficient try to make it more affordable try to make it more transparent and trustable so these are all people like you innovators are defining redefining the digital global age and uh, we look forward to seeing you know where you take embermind i hope that you are able you are able to succeed in your goals and you take embermind to be the uh, de facto creative content collaborative system based on blockchain and we hope that you know many many uh, innovators many you know uh, content creators uh, come to your embermind and are able to collaborate and are able to create really uh, useful things are able to create really meaningful things so uh, uh, good luck for that and uh, we look forward to seeing your progress thank you thank you very much so blockchain technology continues to redefine how nations its government industries organizations and academia need to operate in a digital global age while the potential of the blockchain technology is immense we need to identify evaluate and manage the complex challenges and risks coming with redesigning of the system at all levels risk group cybersecurity risk research center and strategic security risk research center are created for this very reason to identify evaluate and manage the risk facing ngioa in cgs admins nations its government industries organizations and academia in cyberspace geospace and space we at risk group believe that risk management security and peace walk together hand in hand though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict and it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two all three concepts feed into each other we believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations tradition becomes our security so if we build a culture of managing risk effectively it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace let's manage the existing and emerging risks together for more information on the risk roundups to watch the risk roundup videos or hear the risk roundup podcast please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share until next time i'm jayshree pandya host of risk roundup signing off see you next time thank you